And we are live, Rooster Boosters. Welcome to back to Rooster Booster time. It's Tuesday. It's 7.03. You know where me and Mike are. And we have a great guest today. I'm very excited to introduce him. Andrew Coe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What, what else is there to do Tuesday night in New York City? <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you went clubbing, uh, Marty wouldn't be too happy about that. <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we appreciate you taking the time out. We know, um, you know, personal time's a little scarce sometimes during the season, so we definitely appreciate it. Um, and, you know, we're just here to talk rugby, talk about you, um, and and go from there. Let me give you, uh, let me give the fans a little bit of your CV here. And this is always courtesy. Uh, when I give you guys stats of our buddy Doug Coyle, DJ Coyle Rugby, um, when you're at home matches, I'm, Doug's usually sitting with me. Come say hi to Doug and just let him know how great of a do- job he does when he does these player profiles. And yeah. does his, he, his stuff. he probably knows more about me than I do. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually had a question for me because he wasn't sure of a number, but we'll get into that later. Um, but okay. uh, Andrew Coe, uh, Canadian International 15s and 7s, and an Olympian representing Team Canada. That's that's just honestly from a guy who started his sports playing hockey, you know, being on Team USA for for the Olympics was always one of those things like you, know, you dream about the cup and you dream about Team USA. Um, comes from British Columbia, currently living in Ontario. Um, graduated from uh, University of British Columbia, where he was playing for the Thunderbirds, winning uh, the Canadian Men's uh, University Championship. Canada under 18s, under 20s captain. Helped the under-20s win silver at the World Rugby Trophy Competition in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, major national uh, senior team debut against Georgia, which is always a tough play, I think. Um, and, and there's Jason Zimmerman, uh, Rooney's number one fan, saying, uh, welcome, Andrew. Playing Georgia, for some reason, I feel like Georgia produces people on their rugby team that are just like brick walls. Like the Back forward doesn't matter. They're big, they're broad, and, and they play hard. So I can only imagine – that being my oh, first, yeah. like, your, is, like that being your first senior test match, like, was it a little daunting? Yeah. Like when you saw guys, I'm sure they have a ton of facial hair and, you know. Yeah, thankfully it was in Canada. It was in Calgary. Ah. Um, it was in the middle of summer, but for some reason it decided to snow during our game. So really? that's Canada yeah. for you. Um, yeah, but a couple years or no, 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 a couple months later, we actually played Georgia in Georgia. And that's, that's the real test. You have 30, 40,000 Georgian fans all screaming God knows what at you. Um, I think smoking is allowed in the building. So every time you go for a breath, you just get a bunch of smoke. <laughs> inhaling smoke. That's, like, think about that. Like, okay, so you went and, and as an Olympian in, in a technically 2020 Olympian playing in 2021, the going from playing Georgia in Georgia, where you can smell the cigarette smoke to almost an isolated bubble in, in, in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's two bizarre opposites. It's funny. I mean, I think out of all the people I've interviewed in rugby, I think the only person who's, who's had a worse, I wouldn't say worse, but a, the hardest first uh, test match is McKenna strong. Um, I think her first test match was against the, uh, uh, the black ferns. So, oh, you know, that, like if you're going to start, yeah, you're going to start against yeah. a New Zealand team. By the way, you're playing – it's your first cap, and we're playing New Zealand. You know, that's that's a yeah. tough one. But yeah, <laughs> Good so luck with tell, that. Yeah, no, tell us a little bit about your Olympic experience. You know, how, obviously you don't have anything to compare it to from previous Olympics, but just it – was it as fun as, as like the TikTok rugby players made it out to be or <laughs> – Yeah, um, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's weird for sure. And even looking back on it, it's, it's kind of weird to think about because um, you train so hard for so long all for this one competition and you kind of expect it to be a certain way. You expect to, you know, really try and enjoy the moment. You know, I expected my friends and family to all come out. You know, I wanted to go watch other matches. I wanted to go enjoy Japan. I wanted to, you know, see a bunch of different sports. I wanted to go mingle with all the different sports athletes, but none of that was allowed. Um, we, once the team was named in June, I believe, um, they decided not to go directly to Japan. So we didn't have a pre-camp at all. We decided to get uh, climatized in BC. Um, so we only showed up three days before our event. And then our event was three days, the tournament was three days, and then they kick you out of the village and you have to go home uh, <laughs> the following day. So I was the greatest moment of my life, the, the peak of my <laughs> rugby career thus far. It lasted about seven days in Japan, and that's <laughs> what I'm hanging my hat on. <laughs> now, did I, I think the men might have had, I don't know if the men were, I forgot, I couldn't, can't remember if it was the men or the women that couldn't make it to the opening ceremonies because the, the, the matches yeah. were either the day of or the day before. I forget how it, how it worked out. Yeah, we, we flew in the day of the opening ceremonies. And for mm -hmm. us, we really wanted to go um, because Nate Kiriyama was the Canadian flag bearer. Yeah. So we were all stoked because we thought we would be able to go and experience that moment with him. Um, but unfortunately, flights didn't work out. Nate had to fly a day before so that he could make it and we flew in i think we got into the village as like we had to run through the village to oh find God. a tv screen to see canada come through um and yeah I'll, the, the 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 moms of all the players were not too happy there were a couple uh, <laughs> emails being sent to, to rugby canada um because that was a rugby canada rule on deciding when we go and um yeah the moms stood up for us <laughs> to try and get us there <laughs> earlier but it just didn't work out hey don't mess with uh, any rugby mom especially canadian rugby exactly mom. but exactly. i mean i think one of the good things that happened because you couldn't mingle as much i would say is you had things like alona mar and and all these these TikTok you know Nia Tapper from Team USA also was was starting to blow up and still now you know a, a year later and into a, a Winter Olympics at this point um, it's yeah. women's rugby on TikTok if you guys aren't looking at it is friggin is bigger than men's rugby on TikTok right now it's it's actually crazy um, but I think that's one of the best things to come out of it was to push the women's game was to get sevens out there and you know as Andrew knows if you can get somebody excited in sevens naturally they're going to move to 15s so you know i, I don't i don't yeah. think it's as while it might be bad personally i think for rugby itself it was it was overall a good good experience yeah i'm a, I'm a big believer that rugby is rugby at the end of the day whether you're playing sevens or 15s or even league i'm, I'm a huge fan mm -hmm. of all of them so if it gets another another player out there then i'm i'm happy but um yeah tiktok tiktok in the athletes village was wild i wish i were on it <laughs> Because it seemed like that's what everyone, that was the big thing to do. Um, you have, yeah, Alona and, and Cody Malfi, who was. Yeah, Cody was, know, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tick, TikTok. I don't know what the terms are. I'm still not on TikTok, <laughs> but TikToking around. And it's it's great it's just to get exposure to the game. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully 
I don't think I'd go on TikTok, but hopefully, you know, they promote it a bit more. And uh, I know a couple sevens guys on the Canadian team and, and Jake Teal and Phil mm-hmm. Berna who are, who are trying to get their name out there as well. I follow the them. TikTok on world. T- yeah, I, yeah. I follow them on TikTok. It's for, so if you want to follow Andrew on social media, definitely follow his Instagram. For those of you that don't know, he's a super foodie. So he will be, he, he tells you where he's going. Yeah, oh, he tells yeah. you what he's eating. He takes pictures. Oh, um, yeah. So he, so here's the thing. I don't. I they just put out a little this or that uh, on on the on the rugby uh, rugby New York social media, and controversially, yep. you pick pizza over a bagel. I think. Explain your choice. I did. So, I've heard tons about New York bagels, and I had my first one on Monday, and they filmed that before I had my first bagel. So I'm going to, I might have to change my mind, but um, the pizza, New York's known for their pizza. Um, and it, yeah, I, I've had a couple of slices at a couple different places and it, it hasn't disappointed so far. Yeah. I mean, and Mike knows too. It, yeah. Patsy's John's Joe's go out to Brooklyn. I've told you when you get it, when you get a week, when you get that week off, go up to the Bronx, go to Arthur Avenue, tons of good Italian yeah. food and pizza up there. Um, you know, oh, yeah. so it's good to see, you know, it's great to see guys who are posting stuff during practice, but I always love to see when the New York players are posting things they're doing outside of rugby. I love to see their interests. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, we had um, um, uh, Chance does uh, puppy portraits, uh, uh, portraits of your um, your animals, your cats, your dogs, whatever. I'm sure if you had a snake, he, he'll draw the snake. I'm pretty sure he drew the snake for <laughs> ATL, as a matter of fact. But he, he yeah. does those. They're realistic. If you want some, go hit up Chance on social media. Um, for a small fee, he'll do him. He's gonna do my two dogs soon. Very excited. Um, sorry, I'm like hijacking the show. I'm putting people out there. So Mike, <laughs> ask a question, Mike. Yes, ask, ask a question. <laughs> so, you know, we we talked about you know, Olympic um, sevens player started in 15s back. You know, so 15 sevens, 15s. How has the transition been between you know the two codes? Has it been easy? I I understand like you know up here everyone does it every summer where you you know you play summer sevens, but yeah. we're all fat. So (laughs) like really like how much of a difference, but like when, I guess when, you know, when you're in shape and you're, and you have speed, there's definitely, you know, a difference between the games. Yeah. I mean, skills wise, it's all like rugby's rugby. It's all the same thing. Being able to pass doesn't change across sevens and fifteens. It's more mentally. Um, I find decision-making, you know, in, in sevens, uh, three meter gap is not a gap. If you're looking for 15 meters at least, um, but in 15s, you know, sometimes that three meter gap is, is what you need to sort of break the line. So there's little cues here and there that, um, you know, I'm trying to adapt to. Um, it was nice getting a, a preseason hit out against Austin and it's been, it's been good going out and, and training every day and starting to get the feel for the 15s game a bit more. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, sevens and 15s, it's, skills or skills at the end of the day absolutely and it's funny because i noticed rooney this season has taken a lot of sevens guys on the, the roster you know last year we had fossey and appy and they've come back um you you've you you're on the roster i forgot who else i'm thinking of it's i'm having Ed, a world of a day eddie fidow fidow yeah eddie yeah. fidow you know so i think you're starting to see as teams are building their rosters they're they're actually not as thrown together as i would say they used to be in the first couple of seasons you know, Marty Veal and, and Rick Salizo and, and, and the Lizard really want – I think Rooney has one of the best mix of, I'll say it again, northern hemisphere, you know, forwards 
and Southern Hemisphere backs. They play hard on the on the set pieces. They will kick for territory eventually, but as soon as the ball hits the the, the back line, it's free flowing. It's not a lot of plays as much as a lot of more offloads and just finding the space. Um, and I think in in roster selection you see that jesus christ i'm like i'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> that's all right no i know what you mean i know what you mean it's it's uh yeah everyone always battles between and i mean the six nations just started uh last weekend so watching that and you have you know kind of the northern hemisphere style where you just want to hit it up and box yeah. kick and play territory and it's very strategic in everything you do um compared to you know whether you want to just have free flowing and play what you see and if you know have the ability to play with the ball if if certain gaps open up just having that skill um and i mean uh, i'm not i'm not a coach i'm a player they tell me what to do and i do it but uh, <laughs> i'm a big fan of playing with the ball and having the ball in my hand and um yeah look at that we have a georgia fan from rudy <laughs> There How we funny go. is that? We talk about Georgia and we have a Georgia fan. So Doug, our buddy Dougie Coyle, Dougie Fresh, has a question. Does it help that the team has so many sevens athletes? I mean, it has to be an advantage that having so many sevens guys, you guys are known for quickness, you guys are known for your athleticism, and you're known for to, to run a lot, right? So that has to be an advantage for the entire team because they are going to be yeah. chased. The guys who don't play sevens are going to try and chase you, right? Yeah, I, I – I am a strong believer that everyone, regardless if you're playing in the front row or all the way to the to the 15, um, you know, you should play some sevens because it does a great job to to help with your skills, your fitness, your speed, um, making open field tackles. Uh, I think that having sevens players will only boost the 15 side of the game just for for fitness, um, speed and, and playmaking ability. So, um, you know, I'd hope to see a couple more sevens crossover athletes. There, there've been a couple, couple of us, um, leaving the, the sevens in the Olympics to, to chase after our 15s goals. Um, so it's nice to see, and hopefully there are more. I mean, guys like Christian Dyer coming into the league now, you know, yeah. he, was, he was at the same. Leuda, Danny yep. Barrett. Um, Try to think. Yusefo. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of collegiate guys who play sevens that honestly, probably they look at, you know, they're not, they're not there yet from the collegiate sevens, but you know, in, in the U S but they are, you know, the Eagles are looking at them. Um, a lot of guys for play sevens for, uh, for Lindenwood yeah. that I know that, that get really good looks. So, I mean, you have the future there in sevens, but they're, they're playing in the MLR full time now. And I think that just helps them. That drives them to play better rugby. And I think you're right. As far as I think you can translate 15s into sevens by saying that is a three meter gap. And in sevens, I would take that chance. I'm, I'm excuse me, in 15s, I would take that chance. But maybe I should look for the offload or maybe I should just go down and start a new phase because eventually we can get numbers. And I think it goes both ways. Um, so, but my next question is so we're going to get into some of the more of the questions. Um, okay. This is, this is a, this is a hard one. Because again, you you guys okay, can't I'm say here his, for it. I'm here for it. You guys can't say his name, so I can barely say his name. Who has better hair, the new guy Gretzky, or Charlie Hewitt? Uh, it's got to be Gretzky. Got to be Johnny G. Has to be it's a flow. Long, I don't know. Yeah. He needs he needs a Pantene or a Head and Shoulders sponsorship. He he needs something like that because it's it's immaculate. It is him, Max Dacey. Charlie has that. 
Southern Hemisphere moldy type thing going on. I mean, it's like a yeah. A, a hair I am revolution. impressed for as big of a head that Charlie Hewitt has to have <laughs> a full head of hair is is impressive. Yeah, he does. Like he even says it himself, and he has a huge, huge head. He's a tall. I don't think yeah. people realize how tall some of these locks are. Like Charlie is a legit seven footer. Like you know, when I played, our locks were like our tall locks were like six two. You know, and then I look up yeah. at Charlie, and <laughs> yeah. like. Holy shit! Can you feel the rain before I do? Because it's he's so <laughs> it's unbelievable. He is. He's easy to pick out in a crowd. That's for sure. <laughs> His girlfriend will never lose him. That's for sure. No, definitely not. <laughs> so I was gonna say, sticking with the hair. Uh-oh. Do you think that you know hair culture coming from hockey is gonna you know especially up in Canada is gonna inject its way into you know maybe Canadian rugby? Maybe we see you know. Some good, you know, some hair, yeah. out of some Canadian national yeah. players. Well, yeah, I think so. If you look at um, the arrows, the arrows have a bunch of Canadian guys who, you know, they love their mullets. And uh, I forget whether it was the 2007 or 2011 World Cup where a bunch of guys on the team had beards. And I you think know, it was fear 11. the beard. Yeah, yeah, fear the beard was uh, kind of the mantra. Um, so yeah, I, I think so. I. I haven't played hockey in a long time, unfortunately, but, um, you know, once I lace them back up, I might have to grow the flow out. That's what I'm saying, man. I got season tickets to the lo- local minor league team. And all of a sudden I got a hockey mullet. So, Oh yeah. Um, and, and Doug's right. Appy and, and, uh, and Quinn with their weekly tape ups. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Yep. And, and Quinn, especially, you know, growing up where, where I grew up in New York, like you were hitting the Fordham Road every day, you know, every week getting the tape up outside. They put the barber chairs outside in the summer and stuff. I think that's something that's right down Quinn's alley. Um, I keep trying to get him up to the Bronx to get a haircut, but I know it's, you know, quite a jog from Jersey City. But yeah, it's, I yeah. think it's, they're definitely into their hair culture. I really like it. Um, so we, need, my, we need to get someone on the team who knows how to cut some well, That's hair. That's the thing. We got to find somebody. Any fans out there, yeah. I'll start passing the word. If you know how to do some nice fades and lineups. Hit me up and I'll get you in touch with the guys. Um, yeah, of course. So speaking of Quinn, we've been talking about him a lot, um, but he's the man with the boombox. He's the guy who sets the music vibe for the outdoor practices. So, oh yeah. If you had the boombox, what is one song you would have to play during practice? That's a tough one. What what I've I've had the pleasure of being on Ox a couple of times, and what's I find hits the most between across generations is some, some nice punk rock. Yeah. You're looking at blink 182 killers, <laughs> even throwing some Nickelback in there. You know, People <laughs> love to hate on Nickelback, but everyone's singing along. So definitely throwing some uh, punk rock in there. I feel like that's when, when Nickelback comes on, that's when you hear uh, Dylan Fawcett start cursing a little more. I don't think he's a Nickelback fan. <laughs> I, I doubt. Is he a fan of anything? <laughs> not, not really. Doesn't doesn't he likes ice cream every so often? I know that he likes ice cream every so okay. often. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now for the real hard question. This is my tough one. I've given I think to every single player that's come on so far. High socks or low socks, and then plain cleats or flashy cleats. Um, got to be low socks. Low socks or, or mid calves. Um, and. Yeah, we got to go with flashy cleats. We got to be flashy. Like you got to have some style back. out there. Yeah, you got to have some style out there. I'm not wearing black on black and, uh, <laughs> you know, no one can see my my uh, 
identity. I got to be out there, people yelling at me with the the fancy line boots or whatever it is. <laughs> no, it's like a typical every fullback has to have some type of flashy boot so that when they're oh, when yeah. the camera's on them and they're punting the ball long, you're like, oh, look at those, look at those yeah. boots, look at those colors. I mean, it also like- it also helps my mom. My mom loves that I wear. <laughs> bright cleats so she can pick me out oh that's andrew out there so, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I, I just do it for my mom i'm just the mama's boy that's awesome i love that answer that's a great answer oh my gosh oh um <laughs> so my next question um well you know it's we're, we're having this nice conversation um you know we we talk about it a lot the vibe of the team is the iron workers the blue collar you know go in it's get to work, you know, the lunch pail mentality. Um, as a new guy to the team, like, have you bought into that? Have you, are you understanding what they're trying to build there as far as a culture? Yeah. Uh, I mean, right since day one, um, it's kind of been uh, put into your bloodstream. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's living by it. Um, you know, they know what's going on. We were fortunate enough to go up to the Ironworkers facility in, in Queens a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they told us about, uh, you know, the culture that they have and we want to bring that culture into our environment as well. So it's, you know, the best part about this team is that everyone's bought into it. And if you don't buy in, then you're probably going to get picked apart pretty quickly. Um so yeah, right since day one, it's been uh, it's been ingested into you. That's that's good, and I think that's one of the things that brings a team together is buying into a culture. And I think we've seen it around every you know team in the MLR. You know, they all have their identity, and they they get players who they know are going to buy in and understand what they're trying to do. And if getting it from day one is great, because you know, luckily. Rooney had a bye week. So I always feel like that first week bye week kind of throws people off, in my opinion. That's just me. I mean, I know it does help because, you know, between weather and, and all the other stuff, you know, it gets people uh, uh, coming to, you know, to the States with all the visa issues and stuff. But I don't know. My point is, I think getting that surgery right away is, is the best thing. So. <laughs> Andrew, you went on mute. <laughs> Get no. There we go. <laughs> Can you hear Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we talked about this today. Everyone's coming from all over the world, literally. Um, so we need to embrace each other's culture and also buy into the culture as a team together. Now I got another, and another style question for you. Uh-oh. So of the four, of the four Rooney jerseys that, that they've announced this year, you know, you know, the home away, the legacy Jersey and the neighborhood Jersey, which is uh, your favorite. Um, I like the neighborhood Jersey, uh, but I do. One thing that I really liked about last year was the Jersey you got up behind you, Mike, the, uh, the camo one. I think that, that cool one, one is probably one of the best ones that have been in the MLR across all teams, across all years. Um, I mean, I don't know who I need to talk to, whether it's uh, Butch or higher up, but we need to get that back. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Those were great for Memorial Day. Uh, and the pinks. I, I did like the pinks for uh, for breast pinks cancer awareness. Too. You know, there, it always looks cool. The, I don't know. For some reason, the pink, it just looks pops. Um, but the, the camo, and they wore it a couple times. I think the, the players really liked it. Um, but see, you were yeah. talking about not having black boots and black socks. See, I think 
if you're going with the neighborhood jersey as an actual jersey, you go black, black shorts, black socks, black yeah. boots. Go black and black, baby. Oh, here we go. Jazz. Hey, Jazz, since you're watching, is there any more of those camo kits? Uh, Andrew's looking for a There camo we go. Kit. Let us know, Jazz. I'm looking for <laughs> – Jazz runs the merch table at the at the matches, so – there we go. If you have any more in storage, uh, send one in. Let me know. Let me so, know. And then, you are missing some red jerseys behind you. Maybe I'll uh, I'll send a Canadian rugby jersey out for you. Listen, I, I'm, absolutely. I'm missing a maple leaf back there. Well, I don't know about the maple leaf, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> listen, don't, a very deep hockey tradition here with a, as a Rangers fan. But, no, I love, I love Rugby Canada. The only days I don't like Rugby Canada is the days the Eagles are playing them. Other than that, me and Mike root for Rugby Canada all the time. Um, so real quick, here's the last question, and then we'll talk about um, the upcoming match against Houston. Now, this is another controversial question, hard-hitting. Oh, gosh. You know, okay. This is like CNN-worthy stuff. Oh, and Jazz says there's maybe one or two from last season left, so so definitely hook All you right. up. Um, <laughs> if, if you could pick another team's jersey you were going to purchase this season, who would it be in the MLR? In the MLR? Purchase. Um, you're going to spend your money on it. I don't, I don't know. There's – I'm a big fan of the Dallas's kit. Dallas coming in, they mm-hmm. they're they're pretty flashy with the teal. Um, yeah. So I might have to go with that one. What I really want to see MLR get to is where we can you know do the NFL or NBA and trade jerseys after games, so that I start you know really collecting all the jerseys from all yeah. the different teams. Um, probably not in the budget thus thus far but <laughs> <laughs> i can't be giving away jerseys every game but uh hopefully down the road i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with that i'm totally gonna agree with that um as far as the swapping as a matter of fact in 2020 in the in the la- in the fall and season um i was helping the old uh, equipment manager steam on the numbers for for a preseason match because they were just they just you know, they were doing what they were, it was 2020. They were doing what they were yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. Fair um, enough. So fair enough. I, I bought my season ticket and then I helped out with, with uh, gear. It was fun, but um, we're going to talk about the first match of Rooney season. So we're away at Houston Sabercats or as the, the fans have started calling them the Sabercats with the capital Z and the capital A with all the South African influence on the team. And they really, <laughs> beat, yeah, they really beat the crap out of the LA Giltinis, um, especially in set pieces. Now here's the thing. I don't know if it was a lot of new fans coming in and not seeing watching MLR matches last year or just not realizing because when Rooney beat them and when Nola beat the Guiltinis last year, they used the, they did the same things that Houston did. They beat them in the set piece. They, uh, they made sure that they limited the touches Guiltinis had with the ball, and they didn't look to score all the time, but they looked for opportunities to score to beat them. And that's exactly what the Sabercats did in, in beating up the Guiltinis. So we're going into a tough Sabercat team. Um, they're tough up front. I think we're tough up front. I think the difference is I think our back line with these big seven players, with a guy like Andrew Coe in the backfield with a big boot at fullback, is going to make the difference. I think we can catch him off guard by our counterattacks on the kicks. Um, obviously, I'm sure you guys have talked game plan stuff. Yesterday was Monday. I think that's when you guys do your meetings. Not asking for any specifics, but is it is what what do you think is is Marty looking for you guys to do with this match? Yeah, it'll be a good platform to see where we are and, and where we start to see, you know, hopefully we only go up and, and there's no uh, games where we, we go down. It's, it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long season, but, um, 
yeah, we're, we we analyzed that film pretty pretty in depth, and and Houston, I think, shocked everyone by taking down LA. But they did that exactly what you said by beating them up up front. Um, a lot of box kicking. I think number one needs to be securing the ball because watching that game, you know, a box kick goes up and there's a ton of uh, a ton of uh, loose play off of that. So uh, just securing the ball, holding on to it. Um, and, you know, playing our style of rugby, we're, we're not going to beat them by, uh, um, you know, beating them up and, and getting into a bar fight fist, fist mm-hmm. brawl with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, stick true to who we are and, um, yeah, we, we, we should be all right. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm confident going into it. I think the one thing that they do well, and this is something that Toronto did against us last year was. They're, when you kick to them, their counterattack on it um, is very – they find a lot of gaps. And I think one of the issues that, that Rugby New York had last year was, for whatever reason, maybe they just weren't staying in their lane on that counter um, after the kick, and Toronto was picking apart those gaps. And I could see Houston doing that, Mike. Do you agree with that, or am I off base with that? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, it took them a while to get, um, you know, rocking and rolling. You know, first half it was – you know, eight three going LA's way with one try by uh, a former Rooney player who shall not yeah. be named. <laughs> but I, th- I think you know, you know, Houston really got you know got going in the second half, and so maybe they you know maybe they are a second half team that we got to worry about. That's you know, it takes yeah. them a while to you know get up and, and get rolling. But I think you know, I think we match pretty well with them. They they mm-hmm. seem str- you know they seem strong and tough, but. You know, I think we've got the the speed and the flexibility to to maneuver around it. Yeah, yeah. One one thing, I mean, I haven't played at Aviva Stadium yet, but um, it, I feel like there's definitely a home field advantage because the mm-hmm. wind looks a bit inconspicuous in there. It was pretty pretty. Uh, <laughs> it was sketchy at times, to say the least. Yeah. So uh, they they got some home field advantage with the with that wind. And one of the things that those Texas teams has an advantage on too, because they practice in the element is that it'll be, and I mean, it's not going to be hot when you're there, but it's going to be warmer. But as soon as that sun goes down and it gets chilly, that ball gets wet and gets their condensation starts. And right in that beginning of that second half, you see a lot of teams when they're playing in Texas against the Texan teams, that's when they start to have handling errors. So I think that's something we have to be cognizant of. Um, this is the part where me and Mike are going to make our predictions. Obviously, Andrew, you don't do that. Um, that's yeah. <laughs> cool. But me and Mike are going to talk about what we think is going to happen this weekend. Mike, what's your score? Okay. Uh, I, I'm usually, you know, I'm the under over guy and I'm usually the, you know, the combined score over 50. I'm think I'm going to go combined score under 50 this, this weekend. Interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's our first, it's our first time out. Um, so you know, maybe our offense is a little slow to get started. I'm not, you know, it, the same thing kind of happened um, last year against, you know, San Diego. So, you know, it's, it's possible, you know, it, it takes a little while to get started, but um, I think, yeah, we, we do match well against uh, Houston and I, I, I think we win, but it's going to be, I think a low scoring game. It's, it's going to be a defensive game. I think so too. I think it's going to be, I'm going to say, <sighs> Rooney minus three, and because Houston's at home, you know, if it was that Rooney, I'd say probably minus five, but Houston's at home. I'll say Rooney minus three. I don't think there'll be any try bonus points, though. I think, guy, I think you're going to see a lot of 
take the points on the kicks if you can in this particular match because it's going to be a little slower, a little more methodical in my opinion. Um, even though both teams can open it up, I think we're going to – it's like a boxing match. You know, the first you know four or five rounds, they're really going to feel each other out. I think that's going to carry through to the second half, and I think it's going to open up a little bit and almost be like how this first match was with the Giltinis and, and Houston. Uh, you're going to see a lot of stuff in the second half. But um, that's our predictions. Um, we're going to wait. In, as always, we do our pre-match show. Um, that's when we get to see the match day 23, and then our predictions can change depending on who, who's in the lineup and stuff like that. So point asterisk next to all that stuff. But anyway, we want to say thank you again to Andrew Cole for being on the show. We truly appreciate it. Um, if there's any type Thanks of charity, any, you want to shout out your mom again, this is now <laughs> time to do so. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm excited for this season. This is obviously my first season in the MLR. I've been following it since the beginning. Um, you know, being from Toronto, I kind of was biased towards zero. So it'll be fun, uh, <laughs> fun playing them when we do. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to get this season going and get it rolling with a bunch of, bunch of good guys who have come to know. Awesome. Thank you again so much, Andrew. Yeah. Good luck this weekend. Um, we're really hoping for a Rooney win, obviously. We'll be cheering you on. Um, Rooster Brewsters, by the way, Rooney just made the announcement, the 2022 season captain, our buddy Nate Brakely. He was also the 2020 Rooster of the Year. Um, shout out to Nate. Congratulations on being named captain of the team. Um, we know you'll you'll wear that that C with pride here. Um, and, you know, it's a good line of captains we've, we've had so far. So I'm, I'm proud to announce that. Anyway, everybody, we'll see you back again. Uh, we'll probably be on a half an hour before kickoff for our pre-match. Check us out here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm Scott, the big guy, Ferrar. That's Mike, the grand poobah, Parazini. We'll catch you guys at the next one.